All right, episode number four of Tommy Points in the building. We have Riley, Color Sports, Dante, Dante on deck, and myself, Ev. What is going on, boys? Not much. I'm just ready to hop in and talk about some Celtics basketball. I mean, we actually have stuff to talk about now, so yeah. I'm excited to just jump in and talk about what we've seen so far. Yeah, that, that's what's great. And, uh, you know, everyone, we're, we're glad you're returning to the show after uh, hopefully, you know, having a safe Christmas but an enjoyable holidays. I know uh, Riley, Dante, and myself talked pre-recording here and said that we didn't really do too much. It's not nothing much you can do. <laughs> Christmas 2020, that's what it was. Yes, sir. But all right, let's jump into the episode. All right, let's do it. We got it. That let's that is like, you said it last episode, Dante. But now, and I'm the one that made it too. I didn't even realize it, but now that I hear it, I'm kind of like, all right, that gets me going. Gets me hyped up. It gets me ready to talk about some Celtics. I love it. Yeah, we like when we do the video too, or anyone watching, we put an overlay over it so you guys aren't seeing us like absolutely <laughs> great, nodding our head, getting ready, getting hyped up. That's right. But um, <laughs> literally. But um, all right, let's jump into it. The Celtics are one and two after their first three games. We had opening night against Milwaukee, Christmas Day, Brooklyn, and then the Pacers a few nights ago. I think we all said that they were going to start the season 0-2 with that Milwaukee game and then the Nets game. That wasn't the case. They ended up actually stealing, you know, that first game with a Tatum three. So we'll uh, we'll jump into each game and sort of give our, our takeaways, I guess, from each of those games. So what did you guys think of that Milwaukee game? You know, it was the, the sort of underdog, out of nowhere win, Tatum game winner. But what did you guys think? I mean, honestly, I thought the Celtics came out and I really didn't have that many. I didn't have high expectations for this team going into game one. I mean, we talked about it. I thought they were going to get spanked by the Milwaukee Bucks. If they looked anything like they did in the preseason, there was just no way they were going to compete against this team. And honestly, that entire game, Boston was the better team. They blew a 17-point fourth quarter lead. Like, that was the biggest, like, takeaway. If they didn't blow that lead, like, they would have easily won that game. Like, no doubt. So the fact that it had to come down to the last shot is kind of, you know, it's annoying that I had to get to that point. It was nice seeing the Jays hitting clutch shots at the end. Um, but, you know, it didn't have to get to that point. But at the end of the day, a win's a win, so I'll take it. Yeah. Riley, you tweeted – you even said on the show you were predicting a big game out of Tatum, right? Like you said, yeah. 38 points, and you tweeted it out, and people were like, yeah, right, blah, 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 you know, the, the haters and whatnot. <laughs> for the whole – for the first, like, three quarters of that game, I'm almost thinking, like, oh, geez, Tatum's not really – not really doing too much. And then he explodes. And if he had been playing half decent for like the first half, you actually your your official prediction on the show, I feel like would have hit easily. Yeah, I know. He does that all the time. He he really just has to hit his first shot before he really starts going. Yep. I don't know why. Um yeah, I think that was a great game against the Bucks. Um other than blowing the lead towards the end, I think everyone played well, played the roles well. I don't think Marcus Smart made a single football that game. He no. like this you know, just being a great facilitator, you know, Teague, that was his best game. He looked great. Thompson, Tice, both put in, you know, good numbers. I think that overall was just uh, obviously our only win, but our best looking game. 
Yeah, that yeah. Marcus Smart too. People people like were ragging on Marcus Smart after the game. And I don't get it's like the same exact people that are like, no, don't shoot the ball, Marcus. <laughs> three points. Three yeah. points. Like, what the heck? Marcus Smart only had three. <laughs> I don't understand the the like I, I don't see how Marcus Smart still has haters out there after literally everything he's done. I'll be, I'll be honest with you that to me was like the most underrated stat line of that game and honestly like oh for three over two from three um 3.7 assists two blocks i'll in a win i'll take that because you was know three charges two th- or two yeah, three, three charges three. Uh, on Giannis. yeah he had a few um he had a few great plays on defense when he focuses primarily on getting his teammates involved and putting his energy on towards that and defense that's when he that de- went that's excuse me that's when he's at his best when he's not forcing chucking up any shots i mean that's when he's at his best if he's open i'm fine with it he can shoot but this game he was giving the shots to Jalen and jason because they were the ones hitting him and that's that's the best version of market smart right there i just hate the i i can't stand the people that go back and not even back and forth on him the people that are whatever side like the opposite is if that makes sense when he has an underrated non-offensive but a really good like facilitator type game people are like oh he can't score yeah, there's always something people are trying to complain about with him. I mean, he didn't score much. He didn't only have three points, and we won. So it's like, what is there to complain about? It's like, if in any other case, if he shot like 0 for whatever, like 2 for 12, like then you can get on him. But he didn't shoot that much. He knew his role, and the Celtics ends up winning. So who cares? Right. Seriously. Um, so it did come down to that last shot that Jason Tatum <laughs> banged. I I mean, I, I I think I tweeted out like Jason Tatum just called game. The game wasn't over yet. Like that was <laughs> yeah. If they if they went to overtime because of that foul that Giannis uh, and he hit that other free throw, BS. Absolutely BS. Like they were just trying to milk that game out and bring it to overtime. Like there was no other reason for that. I, I think the last two minute report said yep. that there shouldn't have been a call. Either, and, they, so. and they but they said they said somewhere like within the last two minutes that there should have been a call on Daniel Tice or something. It's like the, the refs just hate Daniel Tice. <laughs> they the really do. Two minutes are like that should have really been do. a foul. It's like <laughs> like has no impact on the the game. But um, that I wanted to talk about that Tatum shot because that one went in. Yeah, whatever. Albeit it it was three feet left, and you know, it, but it did go in. That's what I want to say. Uh-huh. Where do you guys come out on that? shot selection because then we saw a similar one which we'll talk about the pacers um game you know in a little bit but where do you guys come out on that shot at the end of a game because now we've seen that so many times from tatum and you know i i think back to miami game one where you know he misses that one at the end of regulation they go to overtime whatever he gets blocked at the rim like who knows we've seen that sort of be a go-to shot for tatum to win the game where do you guys come out on whether or not that is the shot to take to win a game, especially when you're losing like this against, yeah, I know they were down one and then that's the shot they took. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the three, especially since we were down one, we could have gone for a two. That's Tatum's shot, you know, the step back three. I think, you know, he's got the ball clocks running down. That's what he's going to take. if He's most comfortable with that shot, but not shot selection. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm not the biggest fan of the shot, but I'm a fan of the guy that took the shot. So it's like in that case, like I we've seen Tatum hit many game winners in his short career so far. So in that case, I trust him, you know, taking that shot. He has balls of steel shooting that over the two-time MVP defensive player of the year. Like that is – I didn't think it was going to go in. I was hoping they were going to give it to Jalen or even Teague because he was having a great game. Um, but, you know, Tatum took the shot and – it was, I don't think he called bank, but at the same time, like, 
man, great. It was an unreal shot. I don't know if you want to call it lucky, but it was it was a great shot. If you watch the replay to it, like took Tatum, he didn't get hyped right away. He made his mm -hmm. way down the court and mm -hmm. then got excited. He was probably like, oh, sh oh shit. And I, like, yeah, it took him a second to realize that he just hit that. Like, yeah. I don't know if he expected to hit that. Like, no. that was a crazy shot. I mean, that had to feel awful off his hands, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's in the parking lot. He sees like, it going like all the way left. It's like, oh no, oh no, it just banks right in. Oh my uh, god. But um, so I'm in I'm in your boat, Riley. Like. I don't, and I guess both, or neither one of us, or none of us are saying, you know, it was a terrible shot. I just think that there's probably better shots out there, but as we see Tatum do it more and more, like it's his shot. Like when people wanted to to tell Kobe that the post fade at the end of the game, like a contested post fade was a bad shot. He probably heard that for a year or two before everyone was like, okay, go to that shot. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, if Tatum really is committing to that shot, cause it is unguardable. Like yeah. somehow he gets enough separation that even a Giannis isn't really, like Giannis might be the one guy there is that, and we saw him kind of alter the shot, but he, in that smooth little step back, it just, or sidestep, it just clears so much space. And you can't see it on TV, really. Like, you don't really get the same, but the one they you, slow it down, yeah. In the replay, they literally, like, touching hands at the end. Yeah. Like, as soon as it released, like, they were touching hands. It's like, oh, my God, like, how the hell did he not even get a finger on that or anything? Seriously. Insane. Absolutely insane. Um, oh, I don't know about you guys, but this game... There's someone I want to talk about. There's one yeah. person I want to specifically talk about here. I have said a lot of things about this guy in the past. Not all good things, but this game, Semi Ojale, I don't know what got into him. I'm still not convinced this is the real Semi Ojale that we've had for three years because this guy is doing things that we've been asking him to do for years. We've been asking him to do anything besides just standing around the perimeter and taking a shot and just waiting for the ball to get in his hand and then take one dribble and pick it up and not know what to do with it. This guy is putting the ball on the floor. He's driving. He's being aggressive. Like He's actually doing things that he should have been doing for the past few years. And honestly, like I'm not totally convinced he can keep it up for the rest of the year, but let me tell you, if he does, that is a huge, like huge addition to the Boston bench because you're basically just bringing in someone that we didn't really think was gonna, you know, help too much. And if he's a that big of a contributor, like that's that's really huge for the bench. Yeah, he was he was when when the Bucks had opened up. I think it was their largest lead of the game in the in the first whatever it was first quarter end of first whatever, and it was a nine point game. Now Bucks were leading, and mm -hmm. they brought in Semi Ojale. I tweeted out I think it was something along the lines of like, "Oh great, like yeah, the Bucks open up their biggest lead. So what's Brad Stevens go to <laughs> bring in Semi Ojale?" Semi Ojale. And then all of a sudden yeah. he just like within a second has like a spin move, zero step, zero step uh, a no look uh, assist, and yep. a three. I was just like, "What is this guy?" And not for nothing, I people like a lot of people don't like the plus minus box score thing, but he had a plus twenty for the game. Like I might not think that's a you know like a, a stat that really means much, but that was the most on the team by a good amount. Like when he was on the floor, the Celtics were killing it. So all props to Snowy. I'm not gonna take back the things I've said about him, but if he keeps it up, I might. I'll apologize. Yeah, I'm not ready to take anything back. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. I still have a feeling we'll get to a point in this year where it's like Semi's going in, like, come on. But not so far. I mean, uh, I don't think he did too much again in the Indiana game, but um, but let's let's why don't we move on? I guess to the Brooklyn game because after the Celts won, now I think on this podcast we all said they're just losing to the Bucks. They're losing to Brooklyn. That was last week. After they beat the Bucks, I was kind of like, okay, bring on the Nets. Like this team's about to wow people. They look pretty good for you know a decent amount of the game, and then it was just game over. Like like the Nets did Nets things and ended up just um, 
<laughs> just <laughs> ran away with it. Just like taking, I think it was a near 30 point loss for the Celts. It was um, it's, it's frustrating because I'm with you, Evan. Like when I had no confidence going up against the Nets, like I really didn't have much going up against the Bucks going up against the Nets. But after they beat the Bucks and as good as they looked, I was like, okay. Let's let's handle the Nets. Like I think we got this. Like we can stand toe to toe. They stood toe to toe with them. They were down by four after the first quarter. Tatum had zero points. Has twelve in the second. They're up by like three, three or four or five, whatever it was, going into the second half. They were they were competing with them. They were doing really well. And then all of a sudden, like four minutes left in the third, the Nets just Kyrie and KD just literally couldn't miss. Like and also poor Tristan Thompson because he had to deal with KD a lot that game and he was just getting exposed, unfortunately. Yeah, it's it was not the the best look, but it's also such a. At the same time, it's like who else is going to be able to guard that? So you can't blame it. You can't be too upset at Thompson. Yeah, but um, that was like just that second half was absurd. It was it was oh my god, we're 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 gonna beat this team. Like screw you, Kyrie, screw you, KD, and then they were both like no no no, screw you. (laughs) And yeah, we'll, they we'll outscored us. Um, they outscored the Celtics fifty to twenty-five over the last sixteen minutes, and Kyrie and Katie had twenty-six of those points. So they scored more than the Celtics over the last sixteen minutes of that game. That's like, it's it's really baffling because you think about it. Like when you have two guys that can go off like that and catch fire like that, that's terrifying. Like how the hell do you stop that? <laughs> like really? Like how do you stop that? I don't. I like I said. I think on our our. We gave what was it episode one or two? We gave our predictions for like the standings. I think the Nets, like after watching them, I think that they might they're they're probably gonna win the East. Like I think I'm confident enough to say that, barring any injuries though. And I think with KD with with Kyrie for sure, like who knows? Like they yeah. could definitely get injured. Um, but if they stay healthy, like they are such a deep team too. We're only talking about two guys here, yet they just have you know a plethora of guys to go to, which is absolutely absurd. Um, but what do you guys out of outside of what we've said so far? What were the takeaways there? I guess from the Celtic side of things, because we're really pumping air in the tires of the net. But what do you guys think of the Celts? Um, honestly, this was just another great game. I mean, it was another very good game from Jalen Brown. I think this he was the best player for the Celtics against Milwaukee. We really didn't touch up on that. Yeah. You you can obviously Tatum hit the the shot to win the game, but that shouldn't take away from the fact that Jalen Brown was the best player on the court that night. And against the Nets, I mean, you can say the same thing. He had 27, eight rebounds, three assists. His passing has gotten a lot better. Like he's like a pick and roll guy now. Like he's a ball handler. He's finding his open teammates. He's getting guys going. Even when the Celtics were down, he was still being aggressive, trying to drive to the basket, getting things going. Um, You know, I loved what I saw out of him. Unfortunately, it didn't, you know, didn't too much to help the score. We lost, still lost by 28, but Jalen Brown really, um, he really stood out to me this game. And he stood out to me all season, but especially this game. Yeah. yeah I feel like he is like, you gotta, you gotta chalk him up right now as the most consistent player almost. Or, yeah, I, I would say that. Yeah. The most, consistent I, I'd argue that he's been the most consistent. Even last year, I'd say he was the most consistent player because, I mean, you look at the stats, you have to do a little deep dive, but, He's only had a handful of games where he scored less than ten points last year, and like his percentages, like he's a he's efficient, like he's he's a he's a go to guy. And I think this year we're starting to realize, or Brad Stevens and the Celtics are starting to see that Tatum isn't the only go to guy on this team. Like we can count on Jalen Brown to take late game shots and clutch situations. Like we can count on him to have the ball in his hands when you know we need a bucket or we need a, anything. 
Like he's proved that and it's only been three games, but like I am just I'm loving what I'm seeing from Jalen this year. I really am. And, the, and we and we talked about his predictions, right? When we we pulled up your your tweets there, Riley, and I think we had him or you had had him at like twenty four. Trying to find it now, but you had him at twenty four points per game, about twenty three point five or something like that. Yeah, He's averaging twenty six now, and so far, what I've seen at Jalen Brown, that's not like we talked about Samuels. Like, can he keep it up? Everything Jalen's done, Dante, you just touched on it too, like efficient wise too. It's like yep. everything Jalen's done, this is sustainable. Like, it's not like a oh my god, he's caught fire to start the year. Like Jalen Brown has been a very calm, cool, and collected twenty six point per game score through three games. So it's a good sign because you know as much as we harped on last episode oh my god they only have jason and Ta- uh, jason and jalen like blah 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 but if jalen brown is dropping 26 plus points per game that's you know we're in a way 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 different uh boat in terms of where we thought because that's i don't know another five points that they might not have been getting which can clearly make a difference a couple of these wins or losses have been decided by one point yeah, and I'm looking at his stats right now. The only thing that's really like uh, not great is his three point shooting. He's only shooting 23%, but yeah. he also really hasn't. He that's hasn't been the main focus of his game. Everything else, points 26, um, assists 3.7, blocks, steals. Those are all career highs for him. He's shooting a career high for free throws, field goal percentage. Like he's having a like very good, not just in one part, not just with the scoring or the assists that I'm saying, like. All around, he's having a very great start to the year. If he can keep this up, like we talked about this, like Celtics fans, like, oh, we only have Jason and Jalen, like leading us, like we're, we have Kemba Hurt, like we only have Jalen Jason. Yeah, we have Jalen and Jason. And yeah. if Jalen Brown takes that step up to kind of get close to where Jason is, damn, like this team's good. Like they're good. They're going to be fine. Does this uh, does this number surprise you? So you mentioned the three point percentage. I'm looking at his his per game now. He's only take he's taking two less threes than he took last year. So good, like you know what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's down, he's not shooting as much. He's taking seven more two point field goals per game. He's that's that's fine. His mid range game has been looking great. He's being aggressive. He's driving to the basket. Like if, if that's that's his strong suit. Like I want to I want him to be a good shooter. Like I yeah. I, I think he's better than the twenty three percent three point shooter, but. That's that doesn't have to be the primary focus. Like if he's open, like he wants to take those shots. He was taking some deep threes in the preseason. Um, that's fine. Like he has the shot, take it. But you know, if you can get to the basket or get to the line, whatever it is, like take advantage of that all day long. And even with the the twenty three percent from three, I feel like I'm, I guess I'm focusing on the Milwaukee game. He had a couple just absolute clutch threes though. You know, so it's like when he needed to make them, he's made them so far. Yeah. So I think exactly. he he's been a stud. Um, all right, let's let's move on. And do you guys have anything else on that game other than the fact that you know the Celtics stood toe to toe with them? Um, I guess one thing I'll say is um, foul trouble. I mean, honestly, that kind of hurt the Celtics a lot. Tristan Thompson got three fouls in the first quarter. I want to get into uh, Brad Stevens too, but I'm very upset that he started both uh, Thompson and Tice this game because Robert Williams was out. It's like you want to do that against Milwaukee, like matchup wise. That that's fine, but like if you're missing your third center and you're starting two of them like unfortunately it it hurt us because we were getting foul trouble like crazy brad stevens needs to uh, i don't know what he needs to work on that he doesn't need to be starting two centers in that situation like we need to have guys help uh, off the bench and not having to worry about foul trouble because that hurt us against the nuts i think he just like gets a rotation in his mind and he sticks with it that cements it like yeah. 
the Celtics were up, what was it, 17 against the Bucks or however many. And yeah. then for for really no reason at all, he just throws Grant Williams and Peyton Pritchard in the game. And I was like, well, like, why are you doing that? Like, you, you just you just made a substitution for like legitimately no reason. Like, it wasn't like someone had been on the court forever or someone just got in some serious foul trouble. Like, that almost cost them the game. And it was like a clear turning point in that game luckily Tatum hits a shot they end up winning the game but still I was ready to to rip him just <laughs> for those substitutions like yeah that's the one thing that gets me going about Brad Stevens but I don't know he, he, it's it's harder to like when you have guys injured and stuff like you have to yeah. work with different lineups I'll, I'll give him you know the benefit of the doubt there but you know you can't be using that excuse forever he's got to figure it out right right um all right so a game that they I think they definitely should have won could have won they kind of just, I guess, didn't show up when it counted and, you know, whatnot. But, um, Riley, we could start with you. That Indiana game, what did you see there? Why, like, you know, it was, was kind of tough to watch them lose a game like that when I was so confident in them. Yeah, I know. Uh, well, Malcolm Brogdon went off the Pacers. Mm -hmm. Sabonis absolutely dominated Tristan Thompson, just everyone. Hopefully we can bounce back tonight. I have, don't, don't really have a reason why we lost. Uh, just wasn't a great performance. They just blew a third quarter lead. It's kind of crazy because I and I was looking at this a little bit before we started. Um, you know, people talk about third quarter woes like that's just typical Celtics, like a blowing leads, like all this and that. Actually, I uh, I think it was Sean Grand. It was um, he tweeted the stat. The Celtics were actually a top three team in the NBA last year in the third quarter when it came to net rating. Um, they were actually plus twelve in the third quarter. So that's not like it's not a typical thing as much as we'd think, which is kind of weird. Um, but no, I mean they just absolutely blew it in the third quarter. Um, kind of like how they did against the Nets, except this was just like this was a game Boston absolutely should have won like the no doubt they should have won this and they just let it slip away from them i mean tatum i guess for for me it was nice seeing tatum get to the free throw line four times but at the same time semi um uh, never mind uh, semi ojale has six in total this season so tatum you know I'm, I'm fine with him shooting threes and all that. he shot three for nine but he needs to focus on being aggressive driving more and really get into the line like I, I'm not saying that's something that costs them the game, but that's really something I need to see more from Tatum going forward. If honestly, he needs to take a page out of uh, Jeff Teague's book. Mm. Yeah, he was drawing. Yeah, he was doing a bunch of veteran moves. He was getting in front of the defender; they'd run him over, and then it was like, "All right, free throws." Like, um, yeah, Tatum just needs to figure that out because I know there's a lot of these statistics and stuff, these records like Tatum's the first guy to shoot 50 field goals and not go uh, to the line or whatever. It's like for a guy that is meant to average or we expect to average 26, 27 a game, a bunch of those points need to come from the free throw line and yeah. he needs to focus on that now. He really yeah. does. I feel like he's not adopting the like drive opens up the three. It's almost, he's almost doing it in the reverse. Like he's, he's almost looking for that perimeter shot first or he's almost he's almost looking to either blow by his guy or take a three it's like sometimes you got to work for that layup and and take like jeff teague's actually a perfect example of it because now he's gotten fouled a few times doing it but jeff teague's not breaking ankles out here he's just kind of craftily like swooping through and all of a sudden he gets in the lane and he'll either throw up a floater or a layup attempt and get get hit on it tatum it's either like it's either a three he's either obviously got a clear layup or i feel like he's going to the hoop expecting he's going to get fouled and not giving it his a best shot and then complain to the refs. But again, that's something that's going to come, you know, like we're 
saying it were hard on him. Like J- Jason Tatum's not going to only shoot four foul shots. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll pick up. It yeah. definitely will. He'll get there, but um, it was just it was not to beat a dead horse, but it was such a winnable game. It came down to to me where those points that we we're supposed to be getting them, you know, like the, that extra chunk from Brown. We we're supposed to be getting, you know, theoretically more from Teague. It's like where we were supposed to get that extra sort of fluff. It didn't come. Even Tatum, I feel like, you know, with twenty five points, was kind of absent for for some of that game as well. So it was just a game that was still winnable, even playing like subpar in my opinion, but. If they just fired on one more cylinder, that game's over. But um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm Brown, not Brown was super efficient that game, and I'm looking at it now. He only took 13 shots. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Exactly. He yeah. wait. I'm mean, he. What was he in the first two games? He shot at least like 20, 22, 23 shots, and then he just yeah. set 13, like 0 for one from three. I mean, he was hitting his shots. He was doing well all game. I don't know why he wasn't being fed the ball or anything like and, and one more thing too i want to point out we lost by one we missed six free throws that game and i'm not trying to like you know say we lost because of free throws grant williams missed three of them um even in the fourth t I, I obviously i'm not going to say anything about t he went nine for ten that's fine yeah. smart missed one i mean you know those points they matter i mean like it's just like one of those things i was watching the game and i i'm watching them miss free throws and i know how close this game's going to be i was like it is going like that's going to make a difference like those missed free throws are going to make the difference and unfortunately it did and it came down to that that tatum look again right down by one or at first you know they inbounded to sabonis and yeah has an absolute spin and one like grant williams absolutely blew it there um robert williams took the blame for it after the game and you know i i think that's a great sign of maturity that he's you know taken that blame and all that but it really wasn't his fault he did robert williams did everything he possibly could to help win that team the game yeah. uh spacers and he did everything and he unfortunately him and Grant Williams had a mix up that it was more Grant Williams fault. Rob Williams tried to bail him out and he fouled him. He missed the free throw, but that, that cost us the game. It really yeah. it did. Like I felt when, when I saw the look on Sabonis's face after he made it, I was kind of like, that's, he was that's a game winning shot. Like that, yeah, was, that he was, was, but then we came down the other end and, and Tatum took the, the, not the same shot. Right. But mm-hmm. a similar shot to what he had hit in Milwaukee and, and missed, but and that's exactly how I feel. Like I said about the Milwaukee shot in this one, I'm fine with the guy, the player, the shot. I didn't really like. You had eight seconds. Like you have eight seconds to make to get something going. You had guys that were hitting shots. Um, not for nothing. I mean, I'm not saying this guy should be taking the last shot, but Peyton Pritchard was five for five, three from three from uh, from three that game. It's like you have guys that ha- that were doing stuff all game long that you could get involved there in that last play that you can use as a distraction. Maybe like you don't have to settle for. Uh, a, a deep three like it's not even like it was close like it was a very deep three yeah. it's like we're only down one we don't need a three so it's the shot selection wasn't the best um i'm fine with tatum taking the last shot like i said but not not that one yeah i think i, I do think, think tatum could have taken a better shot or maybe driven you know to the rim but if you go back and watch the last play a lot of the guys were covered that you know yeah. he was trying to feed the ball to yeah. Honestly, too, Riley, like um, he had Brogdon on him and Brogdon was giving him trouble all game. I mean, he was giving everyone trouble uh, problems all game, but Malcolm Brogdon was really on Tatum. Um, he was doing his thing all game and he may have been just been afraid of going at him, getting his uh, getting his pocket picked and just losing the game that way. So I'm sure he just figured I'm just going to shoot over him. Yeah, I, I think I think it's it's the shot Tatum's almost trying to patent as his game winning shot. So I think we need to, I think Celtics fans, I think we need to get used to when there's, you know, 
eight seconds left, 10 seconds left. Jason Tatum's going to look to go towards the left side of the hoop or left side of the, the floor and take a deep step back three. And I don't know if I love it, but I better get, I better get my back back. Get used to it. Cause that's happening a lot. Cause it, it's, there's no sign that like, he's even looking for anything else. Cause even though you give Brogdon credit and whatnot, like I didn't really see Tatum trying to get past that. You know what I mean? He was playing around and then you, you almost knew it was coming, which, if it goes in, it's a good shot, but um, we'll see because, you know, that's – I feel like a patented go-to game-winning shot. One is not very rare. Like, you're rarely able to be a guy that, like, everyone knows the type of shot he's going to put up. But, two, like, it's it, – you better be damn good at it because if someone – if the defender knows it's coming, then yikes. But um, I don't know. We'll see. You – um. Dante, you mentioned Pritchard, so why don't we move into the segment that we want to get to here, which is we're each going to give a um, an underrated player. We'll talk about why and whatnot, and then an overrated player so far. Um, so I kind of spoiled yours, Dante, but yeah, okay. yeah, it's all right. My underrated player is Peyton Pritchard. I mean, listen, this kid is he's NBA ready. I mean, he showed it in three games so far that he is very comfortable being on that basketball court with his teammates going up against the competition that he's going up against. Um, you know, I'm a bit, I, it's weird because, you know, when we drafted Pritchard and Nismith, it was kind of the, we kind of figured it was going to be the opposite. We thought Nismith was going to be the one that's getting the minutes that Pritchard is. And then Pritchard would be the one that was kind of riding the bench, not really getting many minutes, but you know, he's really taken advantage of his time, you know, stepping up with Kemba being out, getting these minutes, like against the Pacers, he had his best game. I mean, his best game, it's only three games in, but, um, what he had 13 points, um, Two assists, two steals, five for five shooting, three for three from a three-point line. He just had a phenomenal game. He's one of those guys that when he's on the floor, he's going to give you every little bit that he has. He's going to give you 100 million percent, and he is going to play like it's his last game. And I love that mentality from him. And, you know, people are talking. It's not like people aren't talking about him, but he's someone that is really contributing to this team very early. And I, I love I, I think he has a very promising future on this team. 20 minutes per game like he's playing yeah. and if it wasn't for the milwaukee game that was his lowest that was only 13 you throw that out he's averaging like 25 minutes a game and he's also shooting 71 percent from three and 64 percent from the field so he's having himself quite a start to the year i don't i don't know if i don't think he'll be shooting 70 uh 70 <laughs> percent from three all year but you know it's it's a great sign to see that he actually can shoot and it's, he's shooting deep threes too it's yeah. not like he's shooting like like oh he's open catch and shoot like He's shooting some pretty ballsy shots, and they're going in. So I, I love it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I have a different name, um, Riley. I'll let you go first. But just to talk on Pritchard, it's like it, it's, it's exactly what I said. I think when we came on here after the first preseason game, and I said this guy doesn't give a crap. Like he's, he's not a rookie in his mind. He's gonna get on the court and he's gonna play. And that's like what we're seeing. Like there's guys like Jalen and Jason on the court with him, and he makes a three. So I give him credit, but he just takes like a, a deep three, and I'm like. Oh, okay. I mean, all right, buddy. Like, you don't care about any any sort of locker room hazing or anything because you're just throwing it up there and it's going in. So I give him all the credit in the world. But um, Riley, who do you got for your underrated guy so far? Well, I think everyone pretty much realizes that Brown's been the best player on the Celtics so far this year. But I'm going to go with Jalen Brown. Yeah. Just because uh, I think his numbers, if he kept it up all year, you know, averaging 26 points, five rebounds, 3.7 assists. You know, that would be crazy. That would be, you know, maybe surpassing J- uh, Jason Tatum as, you know, the premier player on the Celtics. You know, he's shooting 55% from the field, and, you know, averaging 
1.3 turnovers a game, which is like the lowest on the Celtics, yet he plays 34 minutes a game. He's just his efficiency is just crazy. I have a question. So if let's say Jalen finishes the season with around these same statistics, right? Would we consider that to be just as big of a jump as what Tatum took last year? Or is it like in the same, is it in the same ballpark at least? Cause I mean, no one was expect is expecting Brown to put up 26 points per game this year. You know, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't say it was a big, like as big of a leap as Tatum's because I know we saw Brown make a leap last year. He also made a huge leap last year with his shooting. Yes, yes. Shooting got better. That he, you know, he's going to continue to improve and score more. But it still, it still would be an incredible leap. Yeah, exactly. I think um, maybe it's not as good, but it might be just as important to the Celtics. That's as exactly. It might be not as good, but more important. Yeah, exactly. It could be more important, exactly, because especially if you're not expecting it, like obviously, like we didn't expect Tatum to blossom into a potentially top 10 player last year. Right. But at the same time, we were expecting him to have a very good season. Jalen Brown, we expect him to have a better season than last year, but we're not expecting him to put up 26, five and four and shoot, you know, 55, whatever it is from the field. Like if he could put up those numbers, like that's not just all-star numbers. Like those are like, you start thinking like, where is this guy rank as like, as far as NBA players go, like he's up there if he puts up those numbers. Yeah. Like we don't we don't have a worry in the world if because you know you're gonna get it from Tatum you know that if they're both averaging if they can combine for over fifty points every single night then you know half the work is done from two guys mm-hmm. and and it's it's a consistency thing like I think right now Brown's more consistent Tatum's more likely to go off for forty five like but it's it's a good thing to have both of those guys you know it's not like we have. This would be great too, but it's not like we have two Jason Tatum's now. Let me explain myself because that'd be kind of bomb if we had two of them. But if like <laughs> we don't have two guys that that um are the the absolute like blow the roof off type guys. You have a you have a Jalen Brown who, in my opinion, is going to be I didn't even think twenty six, but like when it's all said and done, his prime years are just going to be an easy like twenty four twenty five a night. But he's yeah. not going to go off for maybe one or tw- one or two twice a year. Sure, he has it in him, but he's not going to have the like the month of February that Tatum did last year, Mm -hmm. but you do have that guy in Tatum. So I don't even know if I made sense there. I'm saying we have (laughs) the roof off guy and they clearly play off so well with each other. So I think that, I think that that is a a good underrated because you got to give credit words too. You know, it's like he is underrated because even after these three games, people probably don't think he has it in him where it's like, well, then what have you been watching? Like it's, I know it's only three games, but three very different teams they played and and Jalen Brown's performed. Um, my underrated is Semi Ojale, and I hate that I have to say it. Like I, 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 I don't want Semi Ojale to be part of this lineup. I think <laughs> like one of the questions we got last episode, we talked about like the bums on this team, and we were like, yeah, Semi Ojale. Yeah, so, but but at the same time, like he pretty much, I think you know, not to say he won that Milwaukee game, but it was a very crucial point in time where it's okay, we went to semi off the bench. This could go horribly wrong, or he could tread water and keep us afloat. And, and he did. He played really well. That's the only one of the year. So um, I got to give I gotta give Semi some some props here. And like I just said about Jalen, you got to give the credit where it's due. And even though semi I don't really believe he's going to keep this up. Like That just seems kind of ridiculous to me. I mean, he's averaging, what is he? He's still only averaging five points and three rebounds. And I don't think he's going to keep it up, so shows how high i am on him but so far so good in my mind so those are my underrated um so we have pitt pritchard semi and jalen which are all pretty well deserving i think other guys too um probably like maybe even rob williams like i think that, that he's a guy this year 
that I think when he's not in, I think they're going to miss him, which is mm-hmm. the first time I think in his, you know, three-year career now that is going to be the case. Like before, if Rob Williams is out, it was like, oh, whatever. I'm like, okay, we don't have him tonight. I think they might miss him. So um, that was just sort of my honorable mention there. Yeah, he had one of, honestly one of the best games I've seen from him against the Pacers the other mm-hmm. night. Like, honestly, like, because it wasn't even the fact that, like, you know, he made big plays down the stretch, which he did. He had four steals at the end of the game. It's the fact that he played 22 minutes and only committed three fouls. That is progress to me because at this point, this guy can't play 20 minutes because he's just constantly in foul trouble or just turn the ball over. This guy had a very clean game. He played well the entire way through. And I'll say this, the game is in, we're recording right now. The Pacers game is in two hours. I think Robert Williams is going to be a a surprise start for the Celtics because he was the best big man against the Pacers. So I think Brad seems is going to give him a shot against them again. Yeah, that wouldn't shock me, especially we're going to have this sort of like, you know, not confusion, but, but game to play every single game of, Who's going to start at the big man? And and I think, you know, to, to my point, to your point now about Rob Williams being important, we saw how even though he didn't like, so he was out against the Nets. And then, you know, you saw Tate, uh, Tristan and Daniel Tice get in foul trouble. And it's like, oh, well, oh, crap. Grant Williams is our center now. Like yeah. that's the last thing we want. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's get to overrated, which I'm looking forward to talking about. Um, Riley, who do you got? Overrated, I'm gonna have to go Grant Williams. I just I don't see it. It just for me every night it just I feel like it's wasted minutes having him out there. You know, he does some things to kind of make you think like, okay, he's contributing, you know, he's he picked up the slack for that last, you know, miscue, but it I, I'm just I'm kinda of over it. Mm. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it is frustrating, especially when you're someone that has been, you know, I've never been a Grant Williams stan. Like, I'm not the biggest fanboy, no. but I'm not, I'm not uh, pleased with what I've seen from him either. I mean, he has his flashes. He has his moments where he does do good things, but he's too inconsistent. Like, it's just you don't see that as often as you, you want to. He does more bad things than good. Like, against the Pacers, I mean – I mean, obviously, one play doesn't dictate the game. Like, the Celtics could have done a bunch of things differently that game to not be in that situation. But Grant Williams hurt the Celtics by messing up that last defensive possession. It's just, you, you can't afford to have to do that. You, you just can't because it'll cost you games. And and my thing with Grant, too, is that, okay, people want him to be like the Draymond, the, the Marcus Smart, only a little bit bigger. All of that is anchored by you being defensive. You know what I mean? You're not going to be the, 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 you know, Swiss army knife that has all of these things in it. Like fine. If Grant Williams doesn't turn into the guy that can shoot a little bit, can kind of get the ball at the elbow and make a good, nice play off of it. Fine. But if he's going to be on the floor, it has to fall back on his defense. And if that's not even coming to fruition, then it's kind of like, well, then what are you doing out there? Because you're supposed to be the guy that can play defense, but has this ability to now maybe shoot a little bit or, or make the basketball, you know, smart basketball IQ play type of thing. If he's not mm-hmm. even playing the the first step, it's like how can you even think about him being um, a, a Draymond Green or a Marcus Smart or like the small ball guy, or small ball center? Because that defense is just so important. Like, if yeah. you're useless without that. So we'll see. Though it is it is early, and I've said on the show before, he kind of proved me wrong in the playoffs last year. I think he did add some valuable minutes, but so far not so good. Like I'm I'm seeing like just. I think Riley, you said it like he's, it's a waste of minutes. He gets out there and it's like, he's just a body out there at this point. That's why I thought against the Pacers too. Like I'd see him on the court and I was like, why is he in like I mean, there's gotta be someone else that we could have in there right now. Just when he's not good, he's not good. 
and it's unfortunate. I, I think, you know, he still has a lot of room to grow, and I really still want to see him, you know, get better and be a very key part of this team. Mm-hmm. But he just he he hasn't been showing it, unfortunately, to me so far. Yeah. Um, so I'll I'll go, and then then you can close off the uh, overrated here, Dante. But so mine is, and I hate to say it, I still want him to be a guest on the podcast. I'll make that clear. <laughs> but Aaron Neesmith. The amount we talked about him, his name was brought up. It's been all over Twitter. He doesn't even play. And I think he is, I think I said it on the show, I think he just might be a really bad defender and he's not ready to play yet because I can't think of outside of like maybe they have a hidden injury, but he's not even playing. And I only think it's a draw of concern because, not even concern, but if Pritchard's playing, then you almost are seeing like the totem pole. You know what I mean? Like if if neither one of them was playing, you'd just be like, okay, well, they're the rookies. Brad's not going to play the rookies. But the guy that was drafted after him is getting plenty of minutes. And I know it's a position thing. Kemba's out, yada, yada, yada. But I think we're all expecting at least, you know, Neesmith to touch the floor. Mm-hmm. And he has not played in any really crucial um, moments. And- what, he got playing time against the Nets. Is that the only time that he's even stepped on the floor this year? yeah that's just we i don't know it's tough because it's one of those things too where it's like for a player to get better you need you need playing time like you need to get that experience so it makes me think like how like where is he at like actually like is he still like not like just getting up to speed is he not like you know catching up with the the playbook or the chemistry whatnot like pritchard like Here's the thing with Pritchard. He went to school for he went to college for four years, and it's not like he went to like some mediocre college. Like he was on a, a good team. Like Oregon was at least from my um from my knowledge, they were good for his last two years. I don't know his first two years, but he was a big player on a good team, so he has that experience. He knows what it's like to play in big tournaments, hitting big shots. So he was more NBA ready than Nismith. I mean, we're that we didn't maybe we didn't think that at first, but now we're seeing that um, Pritchard was definitely ready to um, just jump on, jump into the NBA and just keep playing like he was in college, honestly. Because he looks super comfortable. I know he said that already, but like he literally looks like he's been playing in the NBA for a, a few years. Like That's just how he looks to me. Not intimidated at all. No, like, he doesn't care about who's in front of him. Like he'll, he, uh, Giannis, uh, KD, he's had to D up a few times, and he, he doesn't back down. I mean, it's not the matchup we want, but I like the fact <laughs> that he doesn't have fear. I, I, love, I love that. And I feel like we've seen these, maybe I'm using recency bias here, but these sort of lottery arranged picks. I'm thinking, like I said, recency, Romeo Langford. It's like we see these rookies come in where it's like, oh, they might have something there. And then they just don't play. And then it's done. Like it's mm-hmm. over. Like I don't think Romeo Langford, I don't predict him being when he's healthy or whatever, being at all a part of this rotation. Like as much as I'd like to lie and be like, oh, no, it's going to be a good pick. Like when it's all said and done, I don't think it is. And I can see Neesmith falling right into that now. Like, if he doesn't yeah. play and never plays, how can anyone, like you said, get better? Yeah, it's like you fall into a hole that you can't get out of. And it's like right now, especially, like, this is the time where you earn those minutes and you get that opportunity with there being injuries and stuff. So, like I said, I'm, I'm curious as to why he's actually not playing. I don't know if it's – he played in the preseason and he's played against the Nets, so it's not like that foot is still bothering him. It's not like he's still injured. Like, it's got to be something going on. So, I, I'm curious what, what that would be. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess, I, I, don't, I guess, I don't know. I don't know if we'll even hear, like, I don't know if Brad Stevens is going to come out and be like, yeah, he's just not even ready to play. Knowing like, Brad hey, Stevens, well, Smith will probably play like 20 minutes tonight. <laughs> we're start. just talking about this right now. Like he's not playing. And then he, he absolutely could just throw a curveball and just give him 20 yeah. tonight. <laughs> um, so I'll give him my- we, we love it all. All right. We love Neesmith, yeah. you know, come on the show, be a great guest. Always, always, for you. 
always we're rooting for you. We want you to get on the court. We're, yeah. we're we'll, talk, we'll try to talk to Brad. We'll see if we can figure something <laughs> out. But all right. So my overrated, um, I agree with you, Evan. Like honestly, that probably would have been my choice as well. But to to keep it a little different, I'm gonna say Jeff Teague. And I am saying Jeff Teague for the reason that he started the preseason so well. He had the first game of the year, 19 points, four four from three. Preseason against the Sixers had 18, four four from three. And everyone's just like, you know, even me especially, I'm like, this guy is gonna be so great off the bench, and he has been good off the bench. But in the two games since, he shot 0 for 11, and he's had nine points. And all those points have come from the free throw line against the Pacers because he had some, he had great, he was doing some weird things where he was getting to the line, doing some veteran stuff, which was cool, but. He just hasn't been playing to the expectations that people were expecting him to be playing at after those few games. So it's like I'm saying overrated, like he's good. Like I'm not saying like anything bad about him, but it's just he hasn't been he hasn't been as consistent. He hasn't been keeping up to his big performances like fans are hoping to see. I'm not expecting him to shoot four for four from three every game, but like I expect him to put up more than zero points and hit a field goal. Against the Nets, wow. he was missing layups, missing dunks. You know what I mean? Like when yeah. we got fatigued, people are like, listen, like good signing everything, but like there are gonna be moments where you're gonna be like, I hate this guy. Like, mm-hmm. A ton of Timberwolves fans told me that, a ton of Atlanta fans told me that, and I'm starting to see that right now. I think he'll be fine. Like, I'm not saying this is a concern or anything. He's not gonna be going 0 for five, 0 for six every game, but you know, it's just from where he started to where he is now, it's just it's it's a dip. It really is. Yeah, can't really disagree with that because, like, we talked about when we answered some of the questions from the listeners, they were like, Where do the points come from? If mm-hmm. we're, you know, excluding obviously Kemba's injured, Jason and Jalen, we're excluding that. It's like we were looking for points from Teague and, and, um, you know, you know well, the one game that we've won, he had 19 points, and the two games that we lost, he hit zero shots. Yeah. So, I mean, you can kind of use that for what it is. You know what free, I mean? Free throws are all well and good, but if you don't physically put the ball through the hoop, you know, in, in real play, I think you're going to have a tough time scoring points. Like, you're not going to get to the – especially as Jeff Teague, you're not going to get to the line 10 times every single exactly. game. Exactly. Yeah, I, even, I didn't realize he went to the line that many times until I looked at the final box score. I was like, 9 for 10. I was like, when did he get to the line 10 times? But – um yeah it, but like i said it's not something to be concerned about i'm he'll be fine he's still averaging nine points a game um nine points two rebounds three assists just about so he's doing good things for the celtics um i just hope that he can have you know better games ahead of him that's all i mean i'll say we're we're uh the fact that we're two of the guys we just two out of the three we kind of just ragged on two of them are playing some major minutes mm-hmm. in here for themselves which if they don't turn that around that being grant and teague obviously i think that we could be looking at a, a i'll say it like just like a disappointing year because those are going to be guys that they turn to i think the celtics are still going to be fine like one of the better teams in the league but i mean if we don't if we can't go to a, a backup point guard you know like just like we had last year where i got so fresh with brad wanamaker i'm in here high on jeff teague thinking that he's going to be amazing if we just turn and you know have another brad wanamaker on our hands it's like what do we do when we go to the bench? We will have to throw the B word around, the BW word around. All right, let's let, we'll keep that until we have to take that out. We'll, we'll Teague is we don't want to put him at that level yet. No, I think I, I hope he hears that and says, "Oh shit!" <laughs> I undermine. <laughs> I'd want to make throw. No, I got to suck it up. Um, all right, so I'll pop up the the games that we have on the screen here that we will be looking at prior to our next recording, and we can talk about that because I think we just talked plenty about. Um, what has happened. I think maybe we get into a little bit of um, what's to come. What's to come. Yeah. 
Um, all right. They have like five games in between the next time that we record too. Yeah. So we're gonna have, we're gonna have a little bit to talk about next episode. All right. Can you guys? Uh, it's kind of small. Let's see if I can zoom in here. Yep. We see that we got the Celtics Pacers tonight. Grizzlies at Celtics tomorrow. Then on Friday, New Year's Day, Celtics Pistons. Another um, two for one there. Celtics Pistons two days later, and then Celtics Raptors. We don't have to go through each and every game, but I think, you know, we can talk based on what we've seen so far. We can do two things with these games here. We can talk about what we're looking for, maybe individually, but also from the team. And then also we will give our predictions because I'm, I'm not keeping track. I don't think we need to keep track. But so far, we haven't predicted the games very well. We thought that they were going to lose the Bucks. They didn't. And um, I guess we thought they were going to lose to the Nets. So we got one right, but then definitely didn't think they were losing the Pacers. So mm-hmm. um, we can start with the first part of that. What are we looking for based on what we've seen so far? What are we looking to turn around in these next five games, I guess? Just play tough. Don't be blowing leads. Don't be, you know, don't be playing like, like, don't be playing selfish. Don't be playing iso ball. Don't be settling for things. Like, stick to what you're good at. Stick to team ball. They should have beat the Pacers. I'm more than confident that they're going to bounce back and beat them again mm-hmm. uh, tonight. It's just consistency is also a big thing. Jalen Brown, if he continues to play the way he has been, I'm not going to be too concerned. I want to see the bench pick it up a little bit. You know, guys like Jeff T. Grant Williams that we're talking about. Hopefully, we can see someone in Smith. I'm praying that we can just see him get some action. Um, but I guess those are the biggest things I'm looking for in the next few games. Riley, yeah. anything different? I just want to see, you know, Brown and Tatum stay consistent. Um, same thing with Thompson and Tice. I think they're a pretty big um, factor into this team's success. Mm-hmm. And just see, yeah, just, you know, our other role players like Stamai and Grant Williams, Peyton Pritchard, you know, Robert Williams, she's all, you know, continue to improve and just play well. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I'm I'm looking for anything different. I think we just are looking for them to play like they should play. When mm-hmm. they lost the Pacers, we weren't asking for uh, the Nets game. Fine, take it or leave it. Like, get blown out by the Nets, whatever. I think that they're a better team right now. But the Pacers game, like that type of thing where you just blow a lead. Also, some, you know, you, not everyone's playing or, or where they – look at the last play, for example. Guys aren't doing their job. It's like even though it's one play and it's the most crucial play of the game – it still can be extrapolated out into a bigger picture. So um, I'll say this. If we give our predictions on this, I mean, this is a very winnable yeah. series. Yeah, so that's that- why I'm also not too concerned. Like, they have a kind of easy schedule coming up. So it's like these are the type of games where you can, like, you get a feel for your team and you kind of get things rolling against these against these types of teams. Right, because you have four games, Pacers, Grizzlies, Pistons, Pistons, and then you have, and I even think the Raptors game is really winnable, and then you have the Heat after that so it's almost like you play these next four games and it really beefs you up for the raptors and the heat sort of um not back to back but in back to back games so um i guess we just give our, our predictions here we have not done well so far but hopefully, you know turn around now because yeah, my, my prediction i think is i'd love to see them go for five 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 here and with no specifics i think that then maybe they drop one of these um pistons games or even the grizzlies one of these so i'm gonna go four and one through that raptors game yeah, I'm gonna go four and one too. Um, I think they could definitely go five and zero here. Um, the, against the Grizzlies, that's gonna be interesting uh, to see if John Morant plays. I know he had that that scary ankle injury, um, no fractures or nothing. Thank God, it's, it was a clean MRI, so we don't know if he'll be there. Um, if he's not, 
playing. I, I think that's definitely a very winnable game for Boston. Uh, Pistons are Pistons, and Raptors, that's going to be a good game. I mean, the Raptors, I think, are 0-2. They're playing tonight, so it's like they haven't really showed too much yet. Um, so it'll be interesting to see that matchup because there's obviously history there. Um, but I'm going to say 4-1. I'm not sure which game we're going to lose. It definitely could. I feel like the loss is going to be like a Piston game. Because yeah. it's just like it's one of those games where like you you know that they should win. Like they're obviously better than the Pistons, but they tend to lose games like this during the year just just because. Um, so it easily could be that. It could be against the Raptors, but I'm gonna go four and one. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll go four and one as well. Um, I think we'll probably drop one to the Raptors, seeing as they're probably the most difficult team to play, and they'll be on a back to back. But. Like you said, I wouldn't be surprised if we lost one of the best teams. It, it would just be like, I don't know. That would just be perfect for the Celtics. Like you look at their schedule, their win loss. Like, oh, they lost the Pistons. Like, oh yeah, I shouldn't be shocked. That that that's that's about right. <laughs> and then go beat the Bucks. And- yeah, right, yeah, and then we'll go uh, beat the best teams in the East the next day. That's usually yeah. how it goes. <laughs> but um, all right. So I think I think you know. I feel like these past couple episodes have been kind of negative in a sense. The first two games of the year and get sw- and get uh, freaking blown out. Dante's <laughs> <laughs> over here saying Kyrie's going to drop a million points. Yeah, like, hey, listen, he almost did. He, yeah. he had himself quite a game. Um, I think I think we ask we 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 kind of this is the last thing we'll talk about and then we'll get out of here. Based on what we've seen and looking up the schedule coming up, are you? worried at all about this team are you concerned those are the questions that we got last time and i think i just want to you know maybe clear it up bring some clarity to the watchers slash listeners of okay we're, we're maybe kind of saying oh this is wrong with this team they need to do this we've mentioned a lot of the bright spots with brown and pritchard and whatnot and tatum's playing well like we have mentioned the bright spots but in all seriousness like i am not worried just yet about this team but i think there are like you know x y and z that need to happen and what, what are, whatever those are, there's these fine little tunes that need to happen or this season's going to be sort of a learning year, which I'm not too thrilled with, but I don't know if they're even close to being a contender if a few things don't happen, I guess. So worried, no, but is this a championship year? I might have to say pretty early on, no, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm not worried at all. I mean, if you look at the past three games, if you ask me what I thought the team's record would be, I'd say one and two. I yeah. thought it would be the one win would be against the Pacers and the two losses were against the Nets uh, in Milwaukee. But let me tell you, they're one and two after three games and they beat Milwaukee. Like uh, you guys have heard me say, I think Milwaukee, I mean, the Nets look damn good, but I still think Milwaukee's the best team in the East. Like just because I'm not going to base it off the three game, you know, sample size. And they beat, in my head, the best team in the East. You know, whether it was a game win or not, that's a big win because it's like, beat them by way more. Like they yeah, could have, they, they have beat them by way more. Exactly. So it's like you take that win and it's like, you know, that does for your morale. Like that just shows you, like, hell, we're missing our all star point guard and we're missing other guys as well. And we just beat the team that was who might be the favorite to come out of the East. Like that's a big win. So I'm not really worried. If I begin to get worried, it's gonna be when the team is healthy and they aren't looking good. Um, I'm more worried about individual players and how they're gonna be performing. But as a team, I'm not worried. Yeah, I mean, it's I don't know. I. I... I'm trying not to be negative, but I am feeling negative. I was like, yeah, I mean, will I, will I say I'm, I'm with you there? Like at, at this beginning of the year, like going into this year, like would I have considered them a contender? Probably. Yeah. 
right now, I don't think we can beat a team like the Nets or even we beat the Bucks. But like even getting by the Bucks in a seven game series seven. would be crazy without a challenge. And then you still got the teams out west. So it's like, are they better than those? Like, are they better than the Lakers, Nets, Bucks? Probably not. Um, but you know, it, like who knows? When we get Kemba back, this team could just flip a switch and they could just turn into one of the best teams. So until we get a fully healthy roster and we get everyone going. I'm not going to be too worried. And we're missing one thing too. And I don't know if it, I think Riley, you might've confused me on Twitter, but you posted a picture of Jason Tatum with a haircut. And then I saw your replied to your tweet saying it was an old picture. Was it an old picture? Cause I saw a couple other people tweeting that too, but then they didn't throw the disclaimer in. Oh crap. Like it's old. Yeah. He put on a Snapchat story, but it was from his memories. So it was from a year ago. He's not I saw that with him and in, in a, a, a little baby. It was a couple days ago. I was like, did he, another kid yeah i did see that someone was like does he have another kid or something like that <laughs> but, but um but so if jason tatum i mean i guess i guess i'm feeling way more positive once i see his haircut is is cut and all of a sudden he's now a top five player again because um clean cut tatum is a top five player in the league and there is no doubt about it <laughs> clean cut but um mm. all right guys so i think i think that wraps up episode four of tommy points another good one in the books um if you're still listening or watching, make sure you're subscribed or following along wherever you're getting your podcast fix here. And um, yeah, you guys got anything else to say to everyone? Uh, go Celtics. I'm just praying that they look they look at the next five games. That's yep. my one prediction. Jason Tatum over the next five games is an average five assists per game at least. I like that. I like that. Okay. I do like the Riley prediction because I feel like so far it hasn't like hit hit, but it's like just right there. You know what I mean? So if you go five assists and he averages 4.8, taking it. I'll give it to you. It, it's, there. it's been there the, the first few games. The people he's passing to just aren't making shots. It's fair. Yeah. Him and Jalen have definitely uh, taken a step forward as far as getting their teammates more involved in passing the ball. So it, it's very, yeah. it's very promising seeing that from those two. For sure. All right, you guys can follow the show on Twitter at TommyPointsPod. You can follow Dante on Twitter at Dante on Deck. Riley on Twitter at Color Sports, and myself on Twitter at EvGuyBoston. I just rattled that off, really. I, that's fine. Reading this damn. That's but fine. Uh, all right, we, we will catch. We will catch you guys in the next episode. Peace out, guys.